live from wherever you happen to be, it's the SNL Hall of Fame Podcast. And now, here's your host, curator of the hall, Jamie Dew. We're just going to let them twinkle on in there because it's nice when they do that, when they twinkle on in there. You know, I like it. My name is Jamie Dew. I am your host and curator for the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for checking us out. And if this is your first time checking us out, well, uh, welcome and congratulations for finding us. Uh, If you're a regular I love that you're back. I think that's great. But for all of you, please wipe your feet before you enter the hallowed grounds of the SNL Hall of Fame. So what we do here on the show is weekly we check in with a guest who brings with them either a cast member, a host, a musical guest, or a writer to add to the SNL Hall of Fame ballot. And they do that by building the case for that candidate to be welcomed or included in the SNL Hall of Fame. Once all 30 candidates have been added to the ballot, then we will open up voting on April 25th, and you will vote. If your candidate uh, that you have voted for receives 66% or greater, uh, 66.6% or greater uh, in the voting, they will be enshrined in the SNL Hall of Fame. So how exciting is that? That's pretty cool. That's pretty damn cool. And we've got a lot planned for the next few weeks as we wind on down the road. Maybe some twists and turns, some surprises. We shall wait and see. So that's the show. That's what we do here. And this week, no exception. This week we are talking about hosts. And we are... You know, when you talk about hosts and you came up during a certain point in SNL history, then the name John Goodman is absolutely pivotal. Uh, Goodman appeared as a host on SNL virtually, if not every year in the 1990s and beyond. Uh, I believe at this point he's the third or fourth most tenured host uh on the show we do get into some numbers in the podcast and uh, i hope i have those for you but um yeah uh and we're joined by a really great guest uh dave voigt who's been on the show before he is the publisher of uh over at in the seats.ca if you're a film buff uh a great place to visit also a podcast uh outlet Dave hosts the podcast there as well, and he's just a great guest. He's thoughtful, he's articulate, and he you know does a does a great job of you know sort of filling in the blanks where they need to be filled in. So that's what we've got this week. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, so let's just jump right into the podcast. This is me and Dave Voigt talking about John Goodman and why he belongs in the SNL Hall of Fame. What do you 
you have to say about John Goodman? Well, I mean, I think you just summed it up. I think by volume alone, he uh, he is more than worthy of being uh, an entry into the Hall of Fame because, I mean, especially during that period, uh, it was, I mean, I don't want to say post-Roseanne, but it was definitely in that period where he was sort of starting to branch out a little more and being much more than just the husband on Roseanne. And he was really starting to come into his own. I mean, you could make an argument that, you know, as Linda Tripp or as the church lady's mother, he, you know, deserves to be (laughs) in the hall of fame just for those. But he really did. He was one of, I think maybe, I don't want to say the first, but maybe at least for our generation, the first sort of recurring celebrity that we remember, because there was always a period, especially in Saturday Night Live, where the cameos always felt special and very sort of few and far between. But more and more, there were people who wanted to come back and there were people who wanted to participate. And it felt very much like a, a creative outlet for a lot of these people just to, to jump in and show up if, you know, oh, is so-and-so in town? We need an impression of so-and-so. Okay, call, you know, give him a call. He'll do it. And John really felt like that kind of person, especially during that time period. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he not only hosted 13 times, he guested 11 times on top of that. Yeah. So that is like substantial. And you're right. He's got these bookends of doing guest stints as Linda Tripp and then on the back end of his career or, or more, more recently on SNL, the Rex Tillerson stuff. That's right. Yeah, he, he did. So, I mean, he's been embroiled in the political cold opens, um, you know, basically from the beginning up until now. And then every reoccurring sketch that you can think of from the nineties era, from like the Carvey, Myers, Lovett's era, through Sandler, Spade, Farley, into you know the darker, um, the darker area, and then up through into the Will Ferrell area. Yeah. Um, every reoccurring sketch, Bill Brasky. Oh, have you fellas ever worked with a guy by the name of Bill Brasky? Bill, Bill Brasky, yeah. sure have. And I tell you one thing, Bill Brasky is a son of a bitch. Best damn salesman in the office. You know he goes about six on uh, six foot eight, three hundred and forty pounds. Did I ever tell you about the time Bill Brasky forced me to wear a woman's bikini around the office? Oh God, I love this story, and I'd love to have sex with your wife. <laughs> anyway, Brasky tears off my clothes and makes me wear this skimpy bikini. For the next three months, I had to conduct all my business wearing a woman's bathing suit. (laughs) I would cry from shame and question my manhood daily, but at the end of the quarter, I'll be damned if my sales hadn't tripled. To Bill Brasky! Did I ever tell you I had my gallbladder removed? Well, who the freak has done wrong? Anyways, I'm on the operating table. Right before I'm about to go under, I look up and I see Brasky wearing a surgical gown and drinking a bottle of Captain Morgan Spice Rum. Oh, that stuff is delicious. It certainly is. (laughs) You know I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) 
So I wake up in my hospital room. Brasky's there going through my wallet and says, Ted, I put a trumpet inside him. He leaned over, put his lips on my wound, and plays the most beautiful version of Caravan you'd ever heard. <laughs> to Brasky! He goes about seven, ten, five, nine. He'll eat a homeless person if you dare him. Hey, are you guys talking about Bill Brasky? We certainly are. I know Bill Brasky. Then let me buy you a round. Ah, the boy, Hank. Now, hey, 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 stop. You know, uh, you gentlemen know how I like to steal loose change and valuables from your houses whenever I'm over. Anyway, here's a Brasky story. One time, I asked Brasky to dress up like Santa for a Christmas party I was throwing for my children. You know Jacob and Christine. Sure, they're dumb as rocks and they always have dirty faces. Yep, yeah, that's sure. them, that's them. Well, Brasky shows up at Santa, reaches into his bag and says, I've got goodies for you, kids. He proceeds to hand out scrap metal and cigarettes to him. Then he takes off his beard and says, there's no Santa because I ate him. <laughs> Brasky's a son of a bitch. You know, Brasky goes about nine foot eight, 790 pounds. Oh, you know, he sheds his skin once a year. I once saw him scissor kick Angela Lansbury. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about oh, the time that I went horseback riding with Brasky? But there weren't any horses around. Hey, you're silver soda. Make that four. Yeah. Well, Brasky throws a saddle on my back and rides uh, me. Uh, uh, oh, easy uh, there, Hank. Uh, There's no scotch in that glass. Uh, he throws a saddle on me and rides me around Wyoming for three days. Well, wouldn't you know it, my stamina increases with each day, and I develop tremendous leg muscle. Yeah, tremendous leg muscle. So anyway, Brasky decides to enter me in the Breeders' Cup, right? Under the name Turkish Delight. And I'm running in second place, and I'm running, and I break my ankle! <laughs> so anyway, they're about to shoot me. Then someone from the crowd yells out, God bless him, don't shoot him, he's a human! Hey, I lost money on you! Hey, I like you a lot! I like you too! Oh, hey, is this guy gonna hurt me? No, no, no he likes no, you! He likes you! off the Empire State Building this one time and he only sprained his ankle. Like an alligator, he can fully digest a turtle shell. His favorite TV movie is The Boy in the Plastic Bubble starring John Travolta's yeah. Hill Gorg Hulkins and Gentlemen, I'm the new bartender. Who wants a cocktail? Of other ones off the top of my head now. Um, didn't he do De Niro? Like, well, didn't he, he use De Niro yeah. on the Joe Pesci show? Yeah, he he did the last call sketch with Kate McKinnon. Um, that's right. Yeah, 
So, I mean, he's done, he's, he's appeared with like everybody at this point. And I mean, when you go through his CV, especially like, when was his first appearance on, I want to say 95 or 96 on SNL? 89. 89. Okay. It was, so his first yeah. appearance was 89. But I yeah. mean, when you look at sort of his mid, uh, mid nineties or early to mid nineties sort of career arc. I mean, obviously there's going to be, you know, there's going to be the Flintstones of the world that, you know, not necessarily the most desirable things, but he was doing stuff like matinee. He was doing stuff like the babe. He was, he was in arachnophobia. He was, he was in sea of love. I mean, he was really sort of making a point of developing a very kind of diverse background and not sort of being the guy who just did one sort of thing. And I mean, even if you go back to like the late nineties, you know, with Lebowski and him being Walter and just having these sort of this almost, I, I don't want to say knack cause that's a lazy word, but he really felt like he was almost a sort of that, you know, breaking case of emergency celebrity that the show needed and he could develop comedic roles outside of SNL because of the amazing work that he did on, on SNL. That's interesting to think about when you put it that way, because I mean, he was Dan Connor yeah. from 88 to 97. So quite a run, uh, on that show, he could have coasted, he could have, you know, made his, you know, nice salary doing Dan Connor on ABC, but Instead, he, you know, would go to New York every year and being a host on SNL is not an easy job. No, it's not. You know, if you, if you want to, um, go full bore and stay up with them and be part of the writing process. And my impression is, is that's something that he enjoyed doing. Like he, he liked being hands-on. And I think that those hosts tend to be the best hosts, the ones that want to be part of the process and part of the hands-on. Um, but, but the fact that he didn't, uh, you know, just coast on his, his number one sitcom, um, you know, he was an actor in the number one sitcom on television and he didn't coast on that is, is huge. And I mean, I like, I don't think he works with the Coens or he works with Scorsese without doing SNL. You know what I mean? It, it really felt really? like, I know I'm kind of of that mindset, because, I mean, like, you almost, I mean, I love him in the Bay, but you almost think he got cast because just of his physical stature. It's sure. And it's not one of those movies that, you know, it's a good movie, but it doesn't necessarily sort of pop for me. It's fine. Sure. Yeah, it's just fine. But I mean. <laughs> and I love baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he, like, he had a small role in Raising Arizona, and he, like, he had done some stuff, but it, there was never anything that. It really feels like, obviously, Roseanne was his big break, but being able to do SNL really felt like it gave him more of a diversified outlook in life, if that makes sense. Because I mean, sure. it is such a it is such a meat grinder of a schedule, and I mean, it's gotta it's gotta force the creativity out of you, which I can imagine that you know some of these more prolific directors out there in the world making different stuff want out of people that they're going to work with. They don't want people who are coming in just for the job. They want collaborators. 
I think right. SNL develops collaborators as opposed to just performers. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's great. And uh, I would say he's definitely showing his, his guesting chops, you know, game for that as well. Oh, for sure. Because, I mean, he, especially, you know, well after Roseanne, I mean, you know, a few episodes of The West Wing here, a couple episodes there, or a spot, a small part in this movie here. And there's always, there, there seems to be a wide array, there seems, it feels like there was a wide array of options for him after he sort of became ensconced as, I don't want to say an SNL regular, but sort of but, someone but they could rely no other way on. to put it. He was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and you're right. He was. He's royalty at this point. Yeah. Like he could show up tomorrow on tomorrow's episode. He hasn't been there in seven years, but it would be important. It would be important because he's John Goodman, who basically was on every year of the (laughs) nineties. No, he could walk in. Yeah. He could walk in next Friday and go, Hey, I'm in town for a few days. Got anything for me to do? And they'll write him a sketch. Well, the holiday season is upon us once again, and that means a lot more time with family. Here to talk about his family is our own drunk uncle. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. (laughs) You know what I mean. So, <laughs> drunk uncle, I have to ask, are you excited for Christmas? <laughs> How can I be, Seth? You know, these kids today, they don't even leave Santa milk and cookies anymore. You know, they just leave them almond milk and Instagram crackers. <laughs> you know, and every, everything happens so fast now, Seth. You know, one second it's Halloween, and you know, and the next second it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Arbor Day, Fourth of July, Christmas again. <laughs> Feliz Navidad. All right, all right, drunk uncle, let's calm down here. Come on, I mean, these kids today, all they care about is is this tinsel grass fed. <laughs> can you put can you put some quinoa in my spin class, please? <laughs> PS4, Xbox One, PS4, Xbox One, Humanity Zero. (laughs) Plus, we got Black Friday now? Barf! Wasn't February enough? (laughs) 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 Healthcare.gov! (laughs) Healthcare.gov! That website is like my wife, Linda. It doesn't work, and it's full of complaints. (laughs) Come on now, drunk uncle. Yeah, steel cable! (laughs) What? Where's the justice, Seth? You know, a reindeer runs over grandma, he gets his own song. Drunk uncle runs over one nativity scene, and he has to change churches. (laughs) Lesbians. (laughs) Get out! Into my mouth. Get in the back seat, baby. <laughs> oh, oh, drunk uncle. So I'm not a miracle on 34th Street, okay? okay. So I don't have a corn cob pipe and a blind end nose, okay? So we'll never be royals, okay? <laughs> 
That's not me. Drunk uncle, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think you're a little too drunk. I'm drunk? You should see my uncle. That's right. I got one more drink and 30 more nephews. <laughs> Get, Get out, out of my glass and into my mouth. Get in the hot seat, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I want for Christmas is my two neighbors not to be Chinese anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll tell you something else. He's not my pole. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, Seth. Yeah? We got a joke for you. Okay. Why is Santa so dumb? I don't know. Why? Because he's North Polish. No, all right. <laughs> all right. Seth. Yeah? Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. What is it? Hey. 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 Yeah. Hey. Yeah. This is our last Christmas together. Aw. Aw, oh, drunk uncle. <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. Stay on your side of the desk, fancy pants. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, I love you, drunken uncle. Drunken, drunken uncle, everyone. We're going to tonight. It would be a lot of fun for them. Um, I was really interested in um, a bit of research that I found along the way is that... Uh, he actually auditioned for Gene Demanian's um, 1980-81 SNL season. So he auditioned with up-and-coming comedians um, Jim Carrey, Paul Rubens, and Robert Townsend. Did, and, didn't, he interview, uh, didn't, he, didn't he audition with people like Piscopo as well? Uh, he would. He, he probably would have because Piscopo would have got would have got the call. Yeah, like Piscopo would have made it, and he didn't. It, it makes you wonder if how the world would be different if John Goodman had gotten the Joe Piscopo role in, in Saturday Night Live history. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, that's an alternate universe I could uh, I could stand to visit. <laughs> Well, what um, what are some key sketches you think of when you think of uh, when you think of John? Well, I mean, I th- key monologue monologue moments or anything. Like I that? mean, I think Linda Tripp is probably one of the big ones. Just, I mean, I think that was especially during that time period. I think it was sort of the birth, at least personally, of being more politically aware and sort of understanding, you know, sort of what political satire was. And, right. and sort of how that all evolved. I mean, I think Linda Tripp was probably the big one for me. But, I mean, I always have fond memories of him as Church Lady's mother as well. I thought that was hilarious. I thought he played off Dana Carvey so well in those moments. Gosh, he did Drunk Uncle as well. He did Drunk Uncle with um, with Bobby Moynihan on the Weekend Update. Oh, that's well. right. Yeah. Yeah, he's done. He's honestly, he's done a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, I would be shocked to not see him go in on a first ballot, but it's been a while as well. You know, he hasn't been on since 2013. True. Yeah. So that could, that could trip him up, 
but he's definitely an amazing nominee. And uh, I think you've brought to light why he should be in the SNL Hall of Fame. So when it comes time to vote, uh, maybe consider that. Vote. Vote your heart, people. That's right. (laughs) All right. Thanks, man. All right, that's it for another week here on the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. I really want to thank my guest, Dave Voigt. If you want to check out him more, you can find uh, everything you need to find at intheseats.ca. He is the publisher over there. There's a lot of great writers, and um, you should really check out and support Dave's work. Other than that, that's what I've got for you this week. We're back next week again with a brand new episode, Musical Guest. You're going to love it. It's a great episode. And um, yeah, I can't wait to share it with you. So there's that. So with that, I'm going to ask a favor as you walk on out the door. Could you please turn out the lights? Because the SNL Hall of Fame is now closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. You can find everything you need to know about the show at snlhof.com. Don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. This is Doug Denant saying, this is Doug Denant saying, see you next month in the hall. such.